Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I'm here today with Grace Markwell once again. Welcome, Grace. Hey, glad to be back. Grace is the only podcast guest so far to come on twice. She had to come back for more. That's a big deal. It is a big deal. (laughs) Um, Yes, so... We're super excited about today's episode, and I'm sure you guys are too. We're going to be doing um, a Q&A on dating. And so first, I just want to say, like, thank you guys so much for sending in questions. You guys sent in great questions, and you sent in so many. We're not going to be able to get to all of them today, but we're going to get through as many as we can and hopefully cover all of the main topics that we're asked about. Um, But before we start, I just want to say, like, I'm not an expert in dating. I... Um, have been in a couple relationships. I am currently in a relationship and Grace is not, so you'll get both perspectives, mm-hmm. which I think is cool. Um, but yeah, I am just hoping to reflect what the Bible says as much as I can, and um, we've prepared and we've prayed through this. Um, so yeah, I just hope that this is an encouragement to you guys and that you guys find it helpful. Yes, I am super excited to um, talk through these questions. This is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. Um, And like Kira said, I am not in a relationship currently. And so I am not anywhere near to being an expert on these things. Um, But a lot of what I've learned, well, some of what I learned has come from my own experience and some has come from Um, Other people who I really trust their wisdom and have sought their counsel on this. Um, But hopefully most of what I learned has come from what the Bible has to say and what um, God's heart is for relationships in general. So yes, also not an expert. Want to put that out there. Um, Hopefully you hear God through this. So the first question that someone asked, which I love, is how do I find contentment in a season of singleness? Hmm. Great question. (laughs) I think that the term season of singleness is one of those Christian terms that has been taken and we slap it on as a label um, to our lives, which it's true for a lot of people. But I think the bigger question is how do I find contentment in my life (laughs) in general? Um, being single is just a tiny part of who you are. And so I think the bigger question is, how do I find contentment no matter what situation I'm in? Mm, that's good. Um, and so I think of in um, Philippians, Paul is talking. Paul is in jail <laughs> and he says, I have learned the secret of being content. He says, whether I'm broke or have a bunch of money, whether I have food or I don't, whether I'm in jail or I'm not, I know the secret of being content and it is Jesus. <laughs> um, and I know that's such a cliche answer that might not be what you want to hear, but Jesus is truly the only thing that can fill the desires that we have in our hearts, can fill the places that we're looking for satisfaction. And so um, yeah, seeking a relationship with Jesus is how we find contentment in a season of singleness, but it's also how we find contentment in whatever season we're in. Yeah, that's good. I think another thing about singleness is like being single is a blessing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's not often seen as that, especially in the church, yeah. but like you get to be in control of your time and in control of what you're doing and like how you spend your time, who you spend your time with, like you could have more time with Jesus. Like 
it's all you and Jesus. And when you're in a relationship, you have to consider another person. And um, that just kind of changes everything, to be honest. But that's not to say that relationships are bad or that being single is like always the way to go. It might be for some of you. Um, But yeah, I just think kind of flipping the way we look at it from like, oh, this stinks. I'm single. I don't Mm -hmm. have a boyfriend or I don't have a girlfriend. Like, no, being single is a blessing. And how can you use that season of your life to grow in your relationship with Jesus and grow in your Christian community with other people of the same gender? Yes. Um, (laughs) Because I think that's not often appreciated like it should be. Yeah. No, I think that's so good. And what you said reminded me of a verse in 1 Corinthians 7. Um, And Paul is talking about how, actually, he says, it is better to be single. And if you can't control your desires, then yes, you should get married. And that is a good thing. And that is from God. But then he says, I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man, so the single man, is anxious about the things of the Lord and how to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife, and his interests are divided. And so I think that's such a way that I have found, honestly, freedom in my season of singleness, in my, um, just in my life in general, is I get to wholeheartedly focus on the Lord. And yeah, like Kira was saying, my time is not split between um, God and someone else, which we'll talk about later. You shouldn't ever feel like it's split between God and someone else. Um, But I get to devote all my time to my ministry and to um, meeting with girls in my ministry and just things like that. So it's like, oh, it's just me and God right now. And maybe one day that'll change. But right now it's just the two of us walking along and there's joy in that. Like find the joy in that because it's awesome. That's so good. I love that. Great first question. Um, So the next question is, is there such a thing as the one? (laughs) It's kind of a controversial (laughs) question. Kira, as someone in a relationship, what would you say to that? Oh God. (laughs) Have you found the one? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, I think that I don't believe in that whole like soulmate thing. Mm -hmm. I think God like knows if you're going to get married. I think God knows who you're going to marry. I think since he's outside of time, like he's not surprised by that. So like in that sense, like maybe, um, but I think like there can be multiple people who are in the world who, if you are pursuing the Lord to the best of your ability and like purposely growing and seeking after him and someone else is too, like you can be compatible. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yes. That 100% (laughs) makes sense. And I would agree. Um, I think the concept of the one or a soulmate also just puts so much pressure on us as humans. Like, Oh my gosh, what if I messed up? And I married someone who wasn't my one, but then they're not going to be with their one and their one isn't going to be with my Like, no, we don't have that much yeah. power to like mess things up like that. Right. I would agree like God is not going to be surprised by the person you get married to if you get married. Um, but I also think the concept of the one kind of implies that that's the one person that's going to complete you or that is the Mm -hmm. person where you're going to find fulfillment. Like that is your other half. But 
you don't have another half. Like you are whole when you are in Jesus. And so you don't need to go around looking for that person that's going to complete you. Like Jesus is the one who made you complete. And so even if you never find another person and you never get married, you're not half a person. You are not, yeah, yeah, broken and just looking for someone to mend you. You are whole in Jesus. That's so good. Love it. Okay. Next question. What does the Bible say about dating? That's funny because the Bible actually doesn't talk about dating. Dating is a relatively new Mm -hmm. invention of society, I guess. (laughs) If you will. It's an invention, yeah. Um, I don't know. I love it. New way of doing life. Um, But yeah, Grace, what does the Bible say about dating? Because it really doesn't talk about (laughs) dating. Yeah. I think in order to ask that, we have to first ask, what is the purpose of dating? Mm. And I think if you are following Jesus, then the purpose of Everything we do should be to glorify God, but dating is kind of a step to get somewhere, and that step is to get to marriage. And so I think we have to ask, what is the purpose of marriage? And luckily, the Bible does talk about that. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, there are lots of places in the Bible where it speaks to marriage and how husbands and wives should act and relate to each other and love each other. Probably the most or one of the most famous or well-known passages is in Ephesians 5. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gives instructions on how husbands should serve their wives and how wives should submit to their husbands. And I know that's a scary word <laughs> of, oh, wives, submit to your husbands. Mm-hmm. But we take that out of context and don't look at the fact that it first says, husbands, serve your wife as Christ served the church. And so... Right. All of those things, even the parts that make us a little uncomfortable, point to the purpose of marriage. And the purpose of marriage is to reflect Christ and his church. Like the model of marriage is that the husband would represent Christ and the wife would represent the church. And what did Christ do? He laid down everything for the church. And so as the church, we submit to that. Like that is a joy to submit to because he loved us in such a way where it makes that a joy. And so that's the picture of marriage. It is to be a literal gospel presentation to the entire world. Like it is our witness to the whole world. Like is marriage a gift that God gives us to enjoy? Of course. Does he want us to find joy and pleasure and delight in our marriages? Of course. But that's not the primary purpose. And so the primary purpose of dating is not even to be happy, to find that like perfect person that's going to make you feel butterflies and giddy all the time no it's heading towards marriage which is to show the gospel to the world yeah if that makes sense that's so good i think that just changes like the whole way that we approach dating is it's like we're as christians like if you really want to be pursuing the lord Mm -hmm. in your relationship and like in the way that you date and eventually marry like dating for fun should not be a thing yeah like it will probably be fun yeah but not but like for fun. oh it's just for fun <laughs> like grace said like dating is to get to marriage mm-hmm. and it's like a destination mm-hmm. and so before we enter a relationship we should probably consider like okay is this something that i one want yeah to am like anywhere near ready for mm-hmm. or like see in my future 
um, because otherwise, like, why are we dating? Yeah. No, that's such a good point. And I think that should lead us as followers of Jesus to have such high standards of who we do choose to date. Like, you should look at that person and say, is this person, like if you are a woman, is this man going to serve me as my husband in the way that Christ serves the church in a self-sacrificial way? And is he going to commit to showing the gospel to the entire world through our marriage? And that's a heavy question. But if the answer is no, then you're probably wasting your time and you're going to get hurt because... That's not what God has intended for you if you've given your life to him. He has a much greater purpose um, for your life and for the relationships that you get into. And so that, yeah, there's a call to seriously evaluate Um, the people that we're dating. Yeah. Side note on high standards. I think that is like so important and underestimated. And I mean, I would encourage people to like make a list of your standards or whatever, like make a list of things, qualities that you want in your future husband and like pray over them and pray um, that God would like come alongside you in making that list so that it would be things that are like going to produce a good Christian dating and marriage relationship. Yeah, no, that's such a good point. And I think something that I have tried to do in my time of singleness, like I do desire marriage one day. And so I think my standard or almost like my outline for a relationship used to be this huge circle where it was like, oh, anyone will fit in there. Like any (laughs) shape can fit inside of this massive circle. But something that I've prayed while I've been single is that God would shape that outline to be more of an outline that he would fill with the guy that is going to ultimately bring him more glory when we are together. Um, And so now it's more like a jigsaw puzzle piece outline where there's a (laughs) bunch of little um, things. And if it's not, again, I don't believe in the one, but if it's not going to fit what I think God has called me to, then they're not going to fit into my life. Um, I think a question to ask yourself when you are getting into dating someone, again, this is not anywhere in the Bible, but I think it points to just the, mission of followers of Jesus is to bring glory to God. I think a good thing to ask yourself before you start dating someone, before you marry someone is, are we going to glorify God more together or apart? Because you could be an awesome follower of Jesus. He could be an awesome follower of Jesus. But if you are not, if the glory that you bring to God is not going to be multiplied when you come together, then that's probably not who God wants you to marry. Like if your mission is here in the U S but his mission is called to be a missionary overseas. Like your glory is glory is going to decrease on one side or the other. Um, and so I think that's just a general question that I ask myself, are we going to glorify God more together or apart? Yeah. I love that. And the thing I love about all this that we've been talking about is it's like, this is not for people who are like necessarily currently dating. Yes, you should evaluate your dating relationship if you're in one, but like this can all be done when you're single and this can all be done in that like season of singleness, which is really cool. Yeah. And I think you shouldn't be making a list of your standards when you're already dating someone because you're going to be like biased towards them. They're going to be like perfect in your eyes. But it's like, do this when it's just you and Jesus. Yeah, that's good. Okay. That was a long, (laughs) long tangent. (laughs) Next question. I love this. Um, how do you know if you're equally yoked? Mm. 
So this comes, it's kind of like biblical language of like oxen pulling a cart. Um, And if they're not like the same strength, the cart is going to like fall over. Yeah, That's like kind of the visual. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like you want to do life with someone who's like equally yoked in their relationship with the Lord. Yeah. Um, Yes. So what do you think about that? Yes. I think this is really hard. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I think it takes getting really honest with yourself and with the Lord. Um, A question that I've had to ask myself in the past and that I have to ask people in my job is, is this person pushing you closer to Jesus or pulling you away? And I kind of see it as a visual where like my arms are stretched out and I'm holding on to things with both hands Mm. and say I have like a relationship in my right hand. Well, is that pushing me closer to the left where Jesus is or is it pulling me? Because eventually my arms are going to get so stretched out if things are pulling me in the opposite direction and it's going to be exhausting and I'm going to get hurt and my flesh is probably going to win out and I'm probably going to go to the side that is pulling me away from Jesus. And I think what's scary is that the world and our flesh, like I myself have sold myself the lie of like the middle ground where I'm like, well, I don't think he's pushing me closer to Jesus, but I don't really think he's pulling me away either. Like, you know, it's, it's neutral. I don't really think that exists. (laughs) Like to be just speaking from my own experience. um, It is like a fish. This is my, one of my favorite examples. It is a fish that is swimming upstream and like, it has to be pushing and pushing and pushing upstream. That is us pushing ourselves closer to Jesus. And then it could be swimming downstream and that is like actively walking away from Jesus and actively um, walking towards a relationship that you know is pulling you away from him. But if a fish stays still, that's kind of that middle ground lie. Then one day the fish is going to look up and realize that the stream has pulled it all the way downstream. And it's going to be like, how the heck did that happen? I wasn't swimming that way, but it got pulled that way by the current. And that current is just our flesh. Like it pulls us away. We are sinful people. So we get pulled away from Jesus. We have to have someone that's going to actively swim upstream with us. Another, like, I guess, example I was thinking about is, like, with the oxen and, like, the cart, it, you're, we're supposed to be walking towards Jesus. Yeah. So if you're moving and they're not, therefore, you're not really moving because yeah. you're connected, um, which is, like, the same, basically the same idea. Yeah. But I think it's just, like, we have to be very aware of where they are spiritually mm-hmm. and if they're actively pursuing the Lord and moving towards a deeper relationship with yeah. Him or if they're just kind of like stagnant yeah. or even not interested in yeah. the Lord. Them going to church should not be enough. Yep. Sorry. Like, that's not good enough. Yeah. Your standards should be higher than that. Yeah. If you are truly trying to pursue the Lord's model of yeah. marriage yeah. and relationships. Yeah. I mean, I know for a long period of my life, I was going to church. I was even reading the Bible sometimes. I listened to worship music and I prayed. Like, And yeah. I was in Christian community. I looked like I was doing yeah. all the right things, but there was no fruit being yeah. produced in my life because I was not fully surrendered to Jesus. Um, the Holy Spirit was not working inside of me because I had yeah. not fully surrendered to Jesus. And so I think that's what we can look for. Like the fruits of the Spirit will be evident in a person's life when they have fully surrendered their lives to Jesus. So yeah. don't just look at the external of like, 
do they have a quiet time? Did they post their devotional on Instagram? (laughs) Like, I'm sorry. You deserve more than that. You deserve someone who's going to push you in the fruits of the spirit to become more like Jesus. Like, does he look like Jesus? Not, does he go to church? Does he pray? Does he read his Bible? Does he look, or is he beginning to look more like Jesus? Yeah. And I think, like, a great way to do that is, like, pay attention. Yeah. Like, you probably want to know the person before you start dating them, like, in a whatever sort of circle, like, some sort of social circle. Pay attention to how they treat other people around them, like, how they spend their time, their free time. Like, are they willing to serve other people? Are they willing to, like, are they discipling people? Mm -hmm. Like, are they actively pursuing the Lord in those ways that, like, you know are important yeah no that's so huge like are they fighting sin in their lives do they have accountability do they have that's a big one yeah look at the things they value yeah and the things they're pursuing and you'll probably be able to see that also ask god for clarity and discernment like he wants you to to know those things and so when we ask him for that i think he gives us eyes to see those things yeah love that great advice okay (laughs) this next question (laughs) Um, thoughts on situationships. Oof. Would you define situationships for us? Maybe someone doesn't know. It's really hard to define because it's just oh. like a situation. It's so funny. Like, I don't even know. Like, are we dating? I don't know. It's complicated. Like, let me just say, if you are going to be in a dating relationship with someone, like the expectations and like their desires should be very clear. Like, yeah. No one should be asking you, like, oh, are you dating that guy or are you dating that girl? And you shouldn't have to say, like, I don't really know. Or, like, (laughs) it's kind of complicated. Like, we're talking. And, like, maybe that is part of getting to dating is talking. I'm not saying that's, like, inherently bad. But, like, guys, (laughs) ask girls on dates and tell them your intentions. Like, don't leave it up to them to be guessing because that's not fun. That's, like, not a fun place to be. And, like, girls don't lead guys on yeah. and like, play games with them because that's also really lame. And guys don't want that. Like, yeah. that's not loving. Yeah. No, that's um, so good. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yes. Um, I think also to, well, speaking to girls, I'm sure this could also go for guys, but in my experience with girls, girls don't read in to the gray. Like, again, we're talking middle ground here. Don't read into the gray of, like, hmm. His texting tone seemed a little oh. more flirty than it used to. What does that mean? Um, no, look at the black and the white. Has he said that he is interested in pursuing you? Has he asked you on a date? Or has he not? Because, like, even if there is something that he's trying to communicate through that gray space, you deserve someone who is going to intentionally pursue you. You don't want a boy who is playing games of, like, oh, let me just flirt with her and see if she catches on. No, you want a guy who is going to yeah. say, you are worthy of being pursued because I'm serious about marriage, so I'm serious about dating. Can I take you on a date? That is black or white. Yeah. And I say that not in a judgmental tone. I say that to myself even. <laughs> so <laughs> Kira can tell you, I have to tell myself these things. Um, but I also think just the whole idea of situationships goes back to what is the purpose of dating AKA what is the purpose of marriage? Again, those things aren't just so that we can have fun or just so that we can feel validated and get attention when we feel lonely or feel empty. 
The purpose of those things is to glorify God. And so mm-hmm. I think asking yourself, if you find yourself in a situationship or in um, even like a flirty friendship asking, is this glorifying God? Yeah. The answer is no. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not fulfilling the purpose of dating or of a relationship in general. Yeah, that's really good. Okay. How far is too far? We're talking about sex. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We'll just put it out there. Um, Yeah, so this question is, like, specifically asking how far is too far, like, physically? Um, There were a lot of questions about this. Someone Mm -hmm. also asked, how do you avoid sexual sin in Mm -hmm. dating? And someone else asked how to honor the other person wholeheartedly Mm. with your body. And I think all of these kind of go in together. So we're clumping all of them into one. Yes. You want me to go first? I can go. Okay. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So boundaries are really important. I'll say that. I think specifically physical boundaries should be set early and they should be very clear mm-hmm. and they should be talked about often. Yeah. It shouldn't be something like, oh, we had a conversation about boundaries at the beginning of our relationship. We've been dating for two years. Yeah. Don't even remember what was in those yeah. boundary conversations and we don't talk about it anymore. Like, this should be something um, that you're talking about often and early. And I know, like, especially at the beginning of a relationship, it can feel awkward to be like, can we talk about boundaries? Like, yeah. that's just like, it's uncomfortable, but you have to do it because if you don't, you're going to regret things. Mm-hmm. Um, so something that my boyfriend and I talked a lot about at the beginning of our relationship, we've been dating for about nine months now. And like, this is, again, still a conversation that we have often. But at the beginning, we both like sought wise counsel, if you will, like in our own lives and Someone that my boyfriend talked to um, said it this way, and I think it's so... It was very eye-opening for me. I was like, wow, what a great way to think about it. So when you're dating someone, like, anything that you're doing physically should show that you care for them and should not be, like, beyond that. And, like, lust is a desire for sex, and that's a good thing. That's from the Lord. Like, that's part of marriage, but... It's not a part of dating because you're not married and you're not one flesh. Yeah. So like, honestly, I think it's really helpful to think about it like that because it's like, okay, is, if you're a guy slapping your girlfriend's butt, I'm just going to say it. Yeah. Like, is that caring for them? Probably not. That's more lustful. That falls under that category. Yeah. Or like making out for several minutes at a time is that caring or is it like lustful? Yeah. And I feel like that's just like a really good way to step back and be like, it's either caring or it's not. Like yeah. there's not really a lot of gray area there, which is really no helpful middle ground. because we don't like the gray because it's gray. <laughs> it's confusing. Um, and like we just said, things should not be confusing yeah. in relationships that are honoring to the Lord. Um, so yeah, that's kind of broad, but I think it's very... That's just like a good blanket statement, yeah. like yeah. blanket way to think about it. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's a really, a really, really helpful like lens to view everything through, um, to kind of evaluate every single action. Like, is this caring for the other person? Um, I do just want to say like, <laughs> sex is good. Sex yeah. is normal. That desire is from God. Like, 
God created sex. <laughs> and so I think especially if you are a, a woman and even a woman who has been raised in the church, if you are listening to this, mm. like you might feel shame <laughs> for feeling sexual desires. And I want to tell you that that is not from God. He does yeah. not put shame on you for feeling those things. Um, the way I've heard it said, this is so cliche and probably goes back years and years and years, but the way I've heard sex described is it's like a fire. And when fire is in a fireplace and when fire is contained, it's a really good thing. It brings warmth and it has purpose and it has a use, um, has lots of uses actually. But when a fire is out of control, when it is not within the confines that it was created for, it is really harmful and it's dangerous and it hurts people. And so I think that is um, how God paints the picture of sex. Like it is a good thing inside of marriage, but it is harmful and hurtful outside of marriage, which is why he tells us to wait for marriage. He doesn't tell us that just because he hates sex and he hates pleasure and he hates for us to feel pleasure. He says that because he's a good father and he's trying to protect us from hurt and from harm. So if you feel shame over sexual desire, like let us tell you, do not feel that shame. Absolutely. Ask God to, um, A, help you be thankful for it. Like, I know that sounds weird, but ask him to help you view it as a gift from him. But yeah. then ask him for self-control, to control that until it has, until it's time for it to be awakened, is how the yeah. Song of Songs talks about it. Um, so, all yes. of that to say, I know that's very, like, heady and kind of, um, like okay, but what do I actually do? Like, what are the practical steps? Well, I think the way the Bible talks about any temptation, but especially sexual temptation, is it says flee. And so I think if you are in a situation that you know is going to lead you to cross a boundary, you know is going to lead to something sexual, anything sexual, not just... Not just sex. Not just penetrative sex. Anything sexual (laughs) is a sin outside of marriage. If it's going to lead you to that you flee. (laughs) Like, even if that means you feel really weird, you get up and you leave. But we are humans. So fleeing is really hard when we're in the moment when we are overtaken with lust or even with love. And so I think what we do is we set up boundaries that are well before that moment of having to flee. Absolutely. It's like having a guardrail guardrail on a road like that's so you don't run off the edge you might hit the guardrail and it might hurt but it's there so that you don't go over the edge yeah um so i think that is a good way to look at it and that looks different for different people for some people like you might think they're crazy but for some people that means not kissing until they're married and if that is what it takes for them to stay holy and pure then that is so worth it. And if that is what it takes for you to stay holy and pure and blameless before God in your relationship, like, that's awesome. That is awesome. You should do that. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that is, like, if that's something you struggle with, like, that is actually a really good thing to consider. Yeah. Um, Again, like, you know yourself. Like, if you honestly sit down and are like, okay, here's probably where I should set my boundary. Like, that's really important. I can give like an example for me and my boyfriend. Like we are purposeful about not like laying down and kissing and yeah. I don't have a problem with kissing. I think that's fine, but laying down and kissing like that's just that's just not a good idea. It's a slippery it's slope. It's a very slippery slope. 
And so because of that, we've set like a boundary before that, like in each other's rooms, we're not going to kiss. And that's because the door could be closed. There's a bed in there. Like, obviously that could just lead to our slippery slope that we don't want to be on. Yeah. And so I think find a boundary you like definitely don't want to cross and then set one like way before it. (laughs) And you're you're not going to regret that. Yeah. It's going to be worth it. Yeah. And then the other thing I would say is I cannot stress the importance of accountability. Yes, I was going to say I know we love to talk about (laughs) accountability. If you know, if you have an accountability partner, which if you don't, talk to me. You should find one. (laughs) Um, If you know that, like, if you're in the moment, like Grace was talking about, it's hard to say no, it's hard to flee. But you know in the back of your head, if I make this decision right now, I'm going to have to tell my accountability partner. So say Grace and our accountability partners... I'm tempted to do something yeah. that I know is like outside of my boundaries. And I'm not supposed to be doing that. Do I really want to sit down with Grace and tell her about it? No, that's uncomfortable. Nobody wants to do that. How can I prevent that? Oh, I can just not do it. Yeah. Um, so I think that's part of it. But also like it when you do mess up because you will. Yes. <laughs> like having someone to walk alongside you and like encourage you. Yeah. And also like remind you of your boundaries and like why you have set those boundaries yeah yeah that's so important and again like what here said you will mess yeah. up which is a one of the reasons why you set boundaries mm-hmm. farther away than you think you need them because when you trip over them you will still be in a place that you still want to get back from but that you feel more comfortable with yeah. um but it's also why you have accountability because what the enemy loves to do is when you mess up and when you trip over a boundary and you're in a place that you know you shouldn't be, the enemy is going to tell you to stay in the dark there. But when you have an accountability partner, you have to bring that sin. You have to bring that, even just that temptation, to the light and expose it to someone else. And hopefully, if you have a good accountability partner, they're going to say to you, there is no condemnation for you because you are in Christ yeah. Jesus. And that breaks those chains of the enemy. Like you cannot yeah. live in shame when things are brought to light. Um, or you can, but it really helps fight the shame that comes from isolation. Yeah. Um, and then your accountability partner should also help you um, walk more towards holiness. Like they have a two a two part role there, truth and grace. Um, but yeah, please, please, please do not live in your relationship in isolation. It is yeah. not healthy. It's not going to lead you anywhere good. Find people to yes. come alongside you. Very good. And then I think one other thing is that question about how do we, I think it was like, how do we wholeheartedly honor someone's yeah. entire being or entire body? I think the way we do that is just asking, this goes for all physical boundaries, like, Ask God to help you see them in the way that he sees them. And what he sees them is as his child, as someone who is created in the image of him, and as someone who is pursuing him. So like how we care for someone, the best way we can care for someone is to care for their relationship with the Lord. And so I don't want to be a stumbling block to them. I don't want to be a temptation to them. That is how I care for them best, um, is to help them pursue holiness. And I think... That goes for how we treat each other just in general, but especially when it comes to physical stuff within a relationship. Yeah, that's really good. All right, next question. What about spiritual and emotional boundaries? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think 
that these are just as important as mm-hmm. physical boundaries and are not talked about nearly enough. Yeah. Um, we are not just physical beings. We are spiritual and emotional beings that have souls. We have a spirit. Um, and those things are affected by what we do and by, um, by who we give our hearts to. And so I think, I think when it comes to those boundaries, those are even helpful in guarding your physical boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think just my general premise for emotional boundaries is like, don't act like that person is your spouse before they are your spouse. And I think that <laughs> looks like. Yes, that goes for physical, but that also goes for emotional um, and even spiritual. Like there are just things that spouses do and talk about and confide in each other that should be reserved for when you are spouses. Like your significant other in a dating relationship should probably not be the first person you go to when you are feeling a really heavy emotion or when you have something to confess or... um, Yeah, I don't know. There are so many things, but like they should probably not be your closest emotional person. Should you talk about your emotions with your significant other? Yeah, Please (laughs) do. But if you run to them, the first, like if they're the first person you run to when you are feeling um, like just a boatload of anxiety, you're going to become tied to them in a way that is really hard to untie because all of a sudden you feel dependent on them because they comforted you and they loved you. Those are good things, but I don't want you to be dependent on them. And once you are, once you, once your heart and your mind views that person as basically your spouse, it becomes a lot easier to then go into spousal territory physically. Like your mind is like, Oh, well we're basically already married in my mind. So we can have sex. Yeah. Um, Again, I think that looks different for different people. Like, I know for some people that means, like, the normal chores of a day. Like, anything that you would do if you live together, I know people who don't do that. Like, they won't, like, clean together or cook together or go grocery shopping. Like, just the things that you would do in a normal day, they don't do those things because they know that their heart is going to start to feel like, oh, we basically live together, so... Why not do other things? Yeah. I think for other people, that just looks like guarding your heart with your conversations and with what you talk about. Again, right. that is so different based on the person and you need to be honest with yourself, but you know yourself. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think those are general guidelines. It's hard because that's yeah. such a nuanced thing. Um, but those are things that I have found helpful. Yeah, I think it, it is so hard and emotional boundaries are I don't know I struggle with that the most because I'm like spiritual questions which like leads into spiritual boundaries like yeah oh I'm really doubting God right now or like yeah. where is God in this like I would really caution against asking your significant other yeah. those questions because you're not married and yeah. if you again maybe it's your accountability partner yeah. or someone else who you trust to speak into those like I don't know I'm guess I'm talking more specifically spiritually now yeah. but like to speak into those questions yeah. and like to walk through life with you in that sense. Yeah, no, that's really good. And I think like our, if you are a follower of Jesus, then your spiritual life is the most intimate part of you Absolutely. because that is the biggest piece of who you are. That is everything you are. And so that is a deeply, deeply intimate thing. And so I think you also have to be wise even about what you do on a spiritual level with your partner like 
Are you only praying when you're with them? Are you only reading your Bible or doing a devotional with them? Because then you become dependent on them. And I don't want your relationship with Jesus to ever be dependent on something that might be temporary. And I think that, like, could even be carried over into your marriage. Like, I'm not married, so I don't want to speak too much into it. But, like, you don't want to only go to church because your husband asks you to go to church. You don't want to only read your Bible because it's what your husband does, so you do it. So I think that's a way to start practicing that is when you're dating and keeping not fully separate. Like, you should talk about God. You (laughs) should. Like, those should be huge conversations. But if you feel yourself getting dependent on them or speaking to them about the most intimate pieces of your relationship with the Lord, you should probably find a boundary just because those are so deep. Yeah. I'll give some examples of that. Like, I think praying before a meal, like, that's great. I think you should do that with your significant other. But like, hey, and even sharing like what you would like prayer for, I think is fine. But like, hey, can you pray for me? I'm really struggling with this. And then like sit together and praying for like extended period of time over that thing. Like probably not wise because that is creating like a very deep bond. Yeah. um, That is very emotional. Yeah. And spiritual. Yeah. And I, I don't know, I would just caution against that. Like, we never share prayer requests and then sit and pray together for extended periods time. of time. Yeah, like, that's just... That's emotional. When and it's intimate. Like, when I'm married, I will absolutely do that. You yes. should do that. Like, that's yes. a great practice. Um, but yeah. And the other thing I would say, like, science that backs up, like, what happens when we have sex with someone, like, our we have chemicals in our brain that are released that like tie to a person, which yeah. is why like if you are having sex with your significant other and then you break up, it's so much harder Yeah, because you've released all these chemicals and there's like literally like a bond between you two. And I think in the same way, like that also relates to emotional and spiritual boundaries. Yeah. Like if you are like all out everything, like you're making bonds and ties with someone that are going to be like so hard and so painful to yeah. break. Yeah. That's really good. So last question that we have time for today. I know if I should break up with my boyfriend. Um, this is a tough one. And if you are in this place of asking yourself this, then I'm sorry. Cause I know it hurts and I know yeah. it sucks to have to be questioning that. And I know that it can be really painful to even think about a breakup. Like, breakups suck, and they just do, and that is okay. But I think this is an important question to ask yourself, and to be, I think, at the root of all of this is you have to be honest with yourself and honest with God. Um, And so I think, how do I know if I should break up with my boyfriend? Well, I think if, again, going back to the question of, is he pulling me closer to Jesus? Is he pushing me closer to Jesus or is he pulling me away? If he is pulling you away, that is the first indicator that you should probably break up with your boyfriend. Um, And I don't say that because I'm like, ditch him. Men are the worst. I don't think that at (laughs) all. I say that because your relationship with God is worthy of everything. It is worthy of sacrificing everything that is not pushing you closer to it and so if that means having to endure a heartbreak then i promise you it is so worth it like god is not going to ask you to drop something 
just to leave you empty-handed. Like if you drop your relationship because it's not pushing you closer to Jesus, he's going to fill your hands that were once holding that relationship with his joy and with mm. his peace and with his goodness. Like yeah. you're going to know him on a deeper scale and that's so worth it. So I'd say that's, that's my number really one good. advice. Yeah. I would say the other thing is maybe he is awesome. Maybe he is pushing you closer to the Lord. Maybe he is helping you pursue holiness. But I think, again, be honest with yourself and ask, yeah. do I need him? Like if we broke up today, would I be okay eventually? Like, take the time to mourn, take the time to grieve a relationship, but would I be okay? Yeah, because breakups are the worst. The like, worst. We, I know, we've both been through them. Yes. Like, it's not a fun time, and there's, like, definitely an appropriate season of mourning. Yes. If you, that's totally normal and valid, yeah. and, like, I know we've both been there. Yes, so, yes. So, like, we understand. Yes. And, like, we know what it's like to go through a breakup, yes. and... And yes, I totally think you should take that time to mourn. Like, don't be like, well, no, I wouldn't be okay that day. No, no one would. (laughs) But I think if you are honest with yourself and you're like, no, I don't think I'd ever be okay again if we broke up. Like, I think I would feel like I lost a part of myself and I would feel like I lost some of my satisfaction and fulfillment. (sighs) Then that's probably a sign you need to break up. And I say that with like, the most love in the world because I cannot even imagine how painful that would be. But if they are filling any sort of need that only Jesus can fill, then they are an idol. And again, it's not worth it to have those things standing in the way of wholehearted surrender to Jesus. And that doesn't mean it's easy. That probably means it's going to be the hardest thing you've ever done. But it's worth it if it means knowing Jesus more and glorifying him more. Yeah. Because ultimately, like, this world and this life that we get to live is so short. And, like, it feels like everything because, like, the only thing we get to see and, like, physically experience day to day. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I have 100 years of this life. And, like, that is a long time. But it, like, pales in comparison to eternity with Jesus. And, like, that is so much more important. Um, So, yeah. That's really good. Yeah. 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 And I think... Like, that is what Jesus talks about. That is one of the most common things Jesus talks about is, like, you can either have your reward now here on earth and that will perish and moths will eat it and destroy it, or you can have your reward in heaven. And, like, if you are sacrificing a relationship because you know that it's time to end it, you're not going to be left rewardless. You're going to have a reward in heaven that is so much greater than anything that's going to perish in the next hundred years. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, like, God will, I mean, who knows, that you will get married, because, like, statistically, most people do. (laughs) And, like, you will be blown away by the kindness of the Lord and, like, much better. And, like, obviously different, so it, like, probably won't even compare, but, like, it will be better because it will be, like, God intends for you. Yeah. So. That's good. I would say that. Okay, I always end my episodes with um, a piece of advice. So really quickly, we're both going to give, since Grace is single and I'm in a relationship, we're both going to give a quick piece of advice for people in those respective situations. Yes. For someone who is single, (laughs) oh, I have so many things I could say. Um, But I would say the most important thing you can do is 
use this time to find, truly find full satisfaction in the Lord. Um, and that means, again, I feel like the theme in all of this is being honest with yourself, but I say that because I know how hard it is. Like, be honest with yourself. Look at the places where you are longing for a relationship. Ask yourself, why am I desiring that? Is it because I'm lonely? Is it because I need validation? Is it because I don't feel loved? Like identify those areas and then find the truth that God says about you in those areas. Like he speaks to all of those things. He fills all of those needs. And so take the time while you're single to fill all of those things just with God. Um, because a relationship can be an idol before you're even in one. And I say that because I've been there. Like yeah. you can have a faceless idol if all you can ever think about is I can't wait to be, I can't wait to have a boyfriend. I can't wait to have a boyfriend. I can't wait to be engaged. I can't wait to be married. Like that is an idol. Yeah. And all that's going to happen is a person is going to come into the picture and now your idol has a face. Um, and so take the time to tear that idol down yeah. and just run after Jesus because it is so fun <laughs> and it is so worth it to do that with full abandon, not with, um, not with like your eyes on this quote unquote finish line of marriage, because that's not the finish line. Like you, again, you are fully complete and you are fully whole in Jesus. So your life starts now. You don't have to wait for your life to start until you find the perfect boyfriend and the perfect husband. Um, it starts now. And then one other thing, sorry, this is two pieces of advice, I guess. But I would say find like the things that you love. <laughs> like I know that sounds so basic, but yeah. like you have time to figure out what it is that God has put inside of you that brings you great joy and brings you great pleasure. And of course you can do that in a relationship too. Like I'm not saying take time to find yourself, but you have all the time, not all the time, but you have a lot of time in the world right now <laughs> to find out oh, what? hobbies do I enjoy or like what like yeah what gets me excited when I wake up in the morning and then do those things because you're not tied to anyone else um and God delights in you delighting in him so take the time to just do that be in an intimate relationship with him um in all the things that you do and find the time to find those things yeah (laughs) I was jumbled but I hope it makes sense great advice Date your best friend. That's like super cliche. And like, (laughs) yeah, okay. Like, find someone who you like genuinely just like can't wait to see and like want to be around all the time and want to do everything with. Last night, you can be fully yourself. Yeah. And find someone who like makes you the best version of yourself. That would be mine. Yeah. That was long. Thanks so much for sticking with us. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you feel encouraged and like you got some of your questions answered. Um, oh, Grace has something else. <laughs> Just to say. one other thing. I will make it quick. There are a million things we could say about this, and I'm sure like one of you, at least one of you listening, probably has more questions now than you yes. did before we began. What I would advise is Get connected to a local church. Find people who can speak into your specific situation because everyone's relationship is different. So it is worth it to have wise counsel that you can talk to and that they can talk back. Um, I have gained so much from hearing teachings on relationships and listening to podcasts and sermons and reading books, but there is nothing that has brought me more just like fruit and more wisdom than being connected to a local church and talking to people who can give me wisdom.
That's very good. Okay, that's Love it. it. Okay. <laughs> if you want us to do more Q&As... <laughs> Maybe about a different topic, or if we need to do a part two, we would love to. We could talk forever. We could. We love it. Um, This is just fun. So, um, yeah, we love you guys. Have a good day.